1: Welcome in, folks, here on Big Blue View's audio lineup. Tuning in on a Saturday, which we typically use to preview the college football matchups, talk a little bit of NFL draft prospects. Today, we are going to be having a discussion, an overarching discussion, on the Giants quarterback situation. And joining us is Mark Schofield, who writes and talks to quarterbacks uh, for multiple websites, but particularly you've seen his his name featured on Big Blue. You just published an article
2: about this, so perfect timing. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Great to be with you. Although, as I've as I've said on some other shows recently, I'm kind of like the Dr. Death uh, of the sort of podcasted <laughs> world. when a team-based podcast has me on, it's usually not a good thing. But like if you're gonna have me on, it's not to say, hey, your quarterback's playing great, so tell us why he's playing well. It's usually your quarterbacks stop playing well and you start thinking about the draft and, and that's usually like i've been on a lot a lot of lions podcasts recently <laughs> i've been at some browns podcasts recently and so yeah here i am on a giants podcast they're the end of a regular season near the end of a calendar year as people start thinking about the draft here i am so hi everyone <laughs> happy to be here i'm sure you're happy to see me
1: and those that are familiar with the previous appearances that Mark's made on the show, it is exactly on that tone that when things are looking a little bleak, we decide to say, hey, Mark, let's talk about some other options because Daniel yeah. Jones is not necessarily playing up to up to the par, uh, up to the level that we're hoping he will be. And interesting timing that we're doing this. Uh, we scheduled it to do it at a different time, but it, it ends up working even better to talk about it this week because... Jake Fromm might be starting for the Giants yes. on Sunday, which is I don't even I didn't even think that this was a possibility a couple weeks ago. I didn't even know he was on the roster <laughs> until I saw him standing on the sideline during uh, last week's game. So here we are, might be starting against the Chargers, and the Giants' quarterback situation continually looks uh, you know worse and worse. So the big simple question, I'm sure this is the same question that every team show asks you: Are we at a point now where we need to actually legitimately say? time to look at other options at quarterback because we we did it early on and we were a little bit concerned and we were trying to evaluate what Daniel Jones was doing and if he was the guy if he was the fit but his contract's almost up he might not be getting that fifth year option this might be a Trubisky type situation where he's done and then they already draft the next guy Giants could have done that with Justin Fields last year but do you think that everything that has possibly could have been done has been done and now is the time to start looking in different directions?
2: I think so I mean I think there's sort of A lack of Or A better way to put it The patience has run out I think both organizationally Just seeing it from afar And within the fan base From within You know Here we are And While Daniel Jones has made sort of some small and in some cases, some big improvements over the course of his time in New York, we're still talking about a lot of the same basic things that we've been talking about, that I've been talking about with you guys that you guys have been talking about on your own, that we've all written about, talked about, discussed anticipation, attack in the middle of the field, decision making, ball security. Like we're still having these discussions. And here we are. It's year three. And this is time when like you're supposed to have figured this all out and you kind of haven't. So now you have a situation where you're probably going to have a new general manager come to town because I think all indications are that the, you know, Jason Garrett is not the last name to depart from this organization. He was just first of what I would expect to be a couple and a new general manager will come in and he or she's going to look at the situation and say, I did not draft Daniel Jones. Like this was not the guy that I wanted, maybe by some sort of miracle of happenstance. The person comes in and says, yeah, I love Daniel Jones. I thought he was QB1 or QB1B or QB2 in that draft. And we can continue to build around it. But I think that's unlikely. Uh, So in all likelihood, you're going to have somebody new making a decision about the future of the organization, the future of the game's most important position, who didn't feel the same way Dave Gettleman felt about Daniel Jones. And so there's that aspect to it. Now, what might say, oh, and I guess there's another way to think about it. You might have some big names available in free agency. I mean, I know Russell Wilson sort of pushed back on the "Yeah, I I sign off on a trade to New York" reporting that was out earlier this week. But that's going to get discussed. Aaron Rodgers is potentially out there. There are some other names that may potentially be out there, and so that will be also be another avenue to pursue in the offseason because that leads us to the other reason why I'm here: this incoming draft class. I got some bad news. I mean. It's not the group it was last year. Now, that's not to say that we won't see maybe four guys in the first round or who knows, maybe even five. But I think in looking at this draft class, I think it's very likely that the player that comes off first at the quarterback position, the team that drafts him, say they drafted just to throw out a number eighth overall, they might have that player graded like 25th on their big board. But it might just be a situation where because of positional need, positional value, and the fact that quarterbacks get pushed up, we might see a reach like that a little bit early in terms of just looking at a big overall board. And so it's it's a different group than last year when you had Trevor Lawrence was a top five guy. Zach Wilson was a top five guy. Fields, Lance, Jones. Like These were guys that, I mean, even with Jones, it was like, yeah, he's probably played himself into the first round. And so if you're telling me he goes to 15 overall, then OK, fine, I can see it. It's a different class, but there is talent there. But the issue with Jones becomes, okay, are you as an organization going to fall in love with one of these guys to go all in on them? Or is the weakness of this class going to maybe buy Jones another year? You know, it might be a situation where maybe they wait until the second round and draft somebody. So it's a Drew Locke type situation where you won't feel pressure to play them right away. You won't feel pressure from in the building and outside the building to just hand the keys over to the new guy. So Jones gets a little bit of time. So maybe the overall weakness of this draft class, juxtaposed with some other classes we've seen, might buy Jones another year or another eight games. But I do think patience has worn thin. We're talking about a lot of the same problems we've been talking about for years and having loaded up with players around him, Tony in the draft, Galladay via free agency, Kyle Rudolph. I know he is what he is right now, but it's still another addition. There are a lot of reasons why you should have expected that year three leap. It hasn't quite happened. And I know the offensive line has been an issue, which might mean they double tip at offensive line with those first two picks. Who knows? But I do think the patience is wearing thin, which means we have to open the door to this discussion.
3: Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. And, maybe a little bit ironic that Joe brought up uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know if you remember this, Mark, but almost the day after the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, you were on with uh, Dan Pizzuta and I on this yep. podcast. And this was candidly off air. We asked you, you know, what do you think Jones's ceiling is? And you said Mitchell Trubisky.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yikes. And, you know, that <laughs> was at a time when Trubisky was still in that sort of – Maybe he'll figure it out, but like, huh? I don't know. Yeah, um, that kind of
3: will he won't he area <laughs> yeah. of his
2: career. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to look back at the Jones decision to remind people that there are a lot of people sort of in the outside football media evaluation space that were like, this is not a good idea. Like, you know, and there were moments and there were flashes where Jones has sort of put things together. There were things that I think he's done as a passer that have been impressive. I think his ability in the vertical downfield passing game, I thought, is an area of his play that I didn't see coming, but I think he's done well at. And, you know, a lot of us have been clamored for him to, to be in more of a vertical-based offense. And I thought that Garrett hired was a nod to that. But I, I think offensive line and protection woes have made them feel that they can't take the time to run deeper passing concepts and to have seven-step drops and things like that. You know, but it just – with Jones, it's never quite come together. There have been flashes, but we're year three. We're still trying to hang our hat on flashes, and you'd like to see it be a bit more consistent, down in, down out, week in and week out. And so, you know, they they gave it a good run with Jones, and who knows? Again, because of external factors, there might be a window where he gets another season or half a season or so. But I I I think at this point, most of us can safely just decide or at least you know comes to the conclusion that it's pretty unlikely that it's going to come together here
3: yeah it maybe it will come together but it, it could also be that he just needs to be in a different atmosphere a change of scenery yeah there's too much change just a fresh start clean slate somewhere yeah i mean else. you
2: could see almost chris like a, a ride Tannehill type sort of second birth yeah um for him where he goes somewhere else and gets into you know maybe it's an offense like that where it's super heavy with play action, or maybe it's some other kind of system, but you know, where you could see it sort of come together, but you know, there's a lot of structural things around the quarterback position that do need to be fixed. I mean, I do think that there's an argument that, you know, I did it in a mock draft. You double dip on offensive line. I know a lot of people like that idea. A lot of people really don't like that idea. I could see arguments for, for it against it, but you have to figure out the offensive line as well. And so maybe if they do do that, it gives Jones that opportunity where, yeah, you know, and will get another eight games or maybe even another full year. And they'll kick the quarterback decision to the 2023 draft cycle. But I do think that, like, yeah, it, it seems unlikely that we will be sitting here next draft cycle saying, yeah, well, Jones finally pieced it all together. It's year four, but he figured it all out. They fixed the offensive line. The offense is rolling now. Now let's talk about the top corners in the 2023 draft. I'd say the odds of that happen are, are like less than 10%. And so, if you're looking at it kind of that way, well, what makes more sense? You know, trying to just reset the quarterback decision, a quarterback market now, and you know, hitting the clock again, and going in on one of the guys in the incoming class, or trying to make that ten percent magic
0: happen. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. Yeah, and
3: there's also the free agent question. You know, swing for the fences on Russell Wilson. His names come up a lot. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you mentioned. Uh, there, there might be some other guys. You know, uh, who who knows what's up with Deshaun Watson? Right. Uh, you know that that had. I would say he's the guy the Giants should go for, but off field question. That's yeah, I mean, completely in a vacuum. <laughs> if
2: we get to, say, February, I, I understand that, like, you know, it sounds like things are happening right now and in through January that, like, may force a conclusion of this ongoing saga. Um, I, I remind people, as an admittedly awful attorney, prior to doing football work, like my legal advice is probably not worth a ton. Um, but civil litigation moves much slower than the criminal world. Um, things happen in discovery that, that that open new doors and might push the parties in one direction or another. But, I, you know, in reading some reporting, it does seem like January might sort of be a turning point in the ongoing Deshaun Watson saga. If we get to February and there's a resolution of that, That leaves him in a position where he's still going to be able to play football. Again, I don't know either way. Then, yeah, I mean, you try to get Deshaun Watson um, because because of what he could do between the lines, an incredibly talented quarterback. Now, do we know if that's possible? I mean, we might get to January, February, and it's like, wow, um, everything that was uncovered during discovery makes the cases against him that much stronger, and the commissioner is going to have to step in. In which case, no organization is going to want to then acquire Deshaun Watson via trade, like. You know, so we have to wait and see there. But certainly if that situation clears up, yeah, swing for the fences with Deshaun Watson. He's a young, incredibly talented quarterback that made the Houston Texans watchable last season. <laughs> I mean, that should speak for itself. But there's obviously, like you said, Chris, sort of a lot of moving parts there. So teams are still in this sort of wait and see mode with Deshaun Watson. So taking the the, the
1: doom and gloom perspective of completely hitting the reset button, say they trade Daniel Jones to somebody who... Needs a, a, a placeholder. They got a, a mid round pick for them, and they're officially in the mode where they need to look for a quarterback. First, I, I'd like to unpack is this really a year that's worthy of, of doing that? And you talked about <laughs> that this class is a little bit iffy. Like there's, there's really not even a guy that I think most people at this point were at the beginning of the cycle, it was uh, you heard a lot about Carson Strong. Heard yep. a lot about Malik Willis. And then as the cycle progressed, those names started to just slide and slide and slide because they all have their own individual unique problems. And it's yep. kind of looking reminiscent of the Dwayne Haskins <laughs> Daniel Jones class, which is yeah. already not very good to be having this, this discussion. But 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 without Kyler Murray. Without <laughs> right. Kyler Murray. So the question here is, like, are the Giants even in, in a position to to maybe draft one of those guys after taking a risk on an, another? Quarterback yeah, on you know, I mean,
2: that's the really scary part of this is that you know not only you're hearing some comparisons to the Murray Haskins Jones class, there are people that have thrown around twenty thirteen, which that's was, the other one too, yeah, you know, a, a really sort of dismal quarterback <laughs> class, um, because it, it's almost sort of. Um, you know, it's almost sort of poetic in a sense because this quarterback class in a way mirrors this NFL season because you, you look at this NFL season, every, every sort of quote, good team has flaws, like, like has problems. And I think you can make the same case about the guys that are typically either in the first round or in the first round discussion, the six guys that I sort of highlighted for Big Blue View today on Friday. Um, they all have issues. I mean, Kenny Pickett, let's, let's start there. Mm-hmm. He's had a fantastic super season year, like, like rewrote records at Pittsburgh, but it's his second season as a senior, you know? And, you know, is he like a one year wonder on the, on the scope of say a Joe Burrow where it's like, yeah, he's sort of lingered for a while, but it's really clicked now. And this is how it's always going to be. Or is it a, a Mitchell Trubisky one year wonder it's his first year and that's it. And then who knows what it's going to be like that after that. So there are issues there. And I know QB hand size Twitter is already getting shinned <laughs> oh. up. Oh, and he wears two gloves, too, It's already bad and enough. you're hearing a rumor. It's like eight and a quarter inch hand size. Now, I always push back on that in the sense that, like, rewatch his film and look for a couple of things. Look for him struggling in weather. Look for him struggle with ball security in the pocket. Look for him with fumbles and misses because ball seems to be coming out of his hand funny. I really don't see that. And he played in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, like in the elements. So... A, you know, but yes, he'll be using a bigger football. I understand we're going to need to see him down a mobile at the senior bowl and see how he handles those conditions and, and throwing with a bigger football. But if, if he checks those boxes, you know, there's still concerns about is it the one year wonder thing? So, you know, there is Kenny Pickett. I mean, Carson Strong, you mentioned him. I, I saw a comparison to Drew Bledsoe, which I think is very apt, but also troublesome. Like Carson Strong cannot move right now. And he has a serious injury history with that knee. You know, yeah. The, the, There's uh, concern that that's something that could possibly
1: end his career early because he's got like a I forget somebody um, with RisingDraft.com wrote an article and spoke to a doctor, and apparently yeah. it's it's degenerative. It, it like a it degenerative
2: condition in the his knee. knee they had like all nine, apart. yeah. They had nine screws put into his knee. He's had two procedures since then. He missed his senior year in high school, and when you see reports that like. You know, he needs to get it drained from time to time, and there are sometimes practices at Nevada where he just sits in a golf cart and watches. That's troublesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and are you willing to go all in on that is, with a first-round pick? That's extremely worrisome. The medicals are going to be huge for Carson Strong, but it's unfortunate because, like, Bledsoe, he has a huge arm. Like, might have the best arm in this class. Him and Malik Willis are, are you know, kind of off the charts crazy there. Um Now, Willis... Super athletic, super explosive, incredible arm. Um, But you're seeing a lot of mistakes and repeated mistakes over the course of a season. Like He had three interceptions against Middle Tennessee State, three against Louisiana Monroe, three against Mississippi. One of the interceptions against Middle Tennessee State, it's the fake screen bubble wheel concept, and the safety just reads his eyes and picks his pocket. So it's like, okay, safety makes a good play. He'll learn from it. His first interception against Mississippi is the same exact thing. Like, like you don't like seeing repeated mistakes. Now, if he somehow slides to the second round and the Giants are on the clock at the top of the second round and he's there, yeah, run to the podium, ideally. But I don't know about a top ten pick. Like, there's a huge developmental arc, and you're going to have to make sure that everything is right around him from a roster construction standpoint. Everything's right around him from a, a coaching staff standpoint. Everything's right around him from a schematic standpoint. And would say, you know, the sixth pick in the draft, are you? Confident that the Giants have all those pieces in place around a quarterback with a sixth overall pick that needs a ton of development? I don't think so. (laughs) And so that's a concern. And so, you know, we could keep working through these guys, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of sort of issues with all of them. There are things you could point at. It's not like, again, last year where... You know, you can look at Trevor Lawrence and there's an entire body of work. You know, Zach Wilson, maybe he's the one-year riser, but, you know, really had an impressive body of work his last year at BYU. You you can make cases for all the other guys for sort of, the pieces are kind of right already. They don't need a lot of help around them. It's a different group this year. And so that's going to be the cost-benefit analysis of the general manager, whether it's Gettelman or somebody else is going to have to do. Do we feel confident enough in one of these guys in the top 10 that everything's right around them? Or is it a year to sort of, address other positions, get to the second night of the draft. And if one of these guys is there, yeah, we'll draft them. Otherwise, Jones gets the benefit of the doubt from one more season. I, like That's sort of the calculus that's going to have to happen. And, and sitting here right now, that's a tough question to answer. I mean, I, I like Pickett. I like Corral. I like all of the six of these guys that I've sort of written about that get talked about for the – First round, but inside the top ten for this organization, it really kind of scares me, given the other pieces that need to be in place and need to be fixed as well. Just a
1: quick anecdote. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But uh I might actually. I don't know if this really helps Kenny Pickett or anything like that. But if he ends up being a New York Giant, his quarterback coach uh, Tony Raz, who we know is has done some yep. wrote written some articles for Big Blue View. He, he's his quarterback
2: coach, so he yep. would be local. He'd be able to work with him. Yeah, Just I mean, a random uh, thought that that might. Yeah, be, uh, I mean, first of all, I know Tony really well. Um, Tony and I have been, you know talking and kind of working together and, you know, becoming friends behind the scenes for a while now. So like full disclosure, confident interest stuff there. Um, But I think the world of Tony and I do think that given what happened on, you know, the green side of MetLife Stadium earlier this season, where Stu Jets fans were watching the game and they're like, "Is, is that, is that John Beck on the sideline with a headset because the Jets decided, look, we're gonna hire his private quarterback coach and get him on staff um to work with him, to work with Zach Wilson. I think that that point you raised, Joe, with Tony sort of being local. And if they do decide to draft Kenny Pickett, you know, that's that's an easy slide. Yeah. Like, look, Tony, like we're gonna get you sort of on staff to work with him. Because I do think that's sort of the next wave of like young quarterback development, because there's only so much you can do under the CBA. To develop young quarterbacks because of the the rules on practice time, and when you've got to start installing game plans, and you've got to spend most of your time getting ready for what you're going to see from the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, you can't waste time working on mechanics, working on you know getting your eyes and your feet aligned, set in the hallway to make good throws. A lot of that has to come either in the off with your private quarterback coach or on your own. And so I think this sort of next step in young quarterback development will be these organizations that draft young quarterbacks, then go into their private quarterback coach and say, all right, let's get you on staff, you know, take the rest of your clients. You can send it to Mark Schofield's way, a little plug there, by the way. And you just work with us and work with this guy. And, you know, we might see that with Quincy Avery down the road. We might see it with, you know, Tim Jenkins down the road. We might see with Tony Rasiopi If, if one picker goes in the first round. And so, you know, Having Tony local might make that an easy sort of decision for the Giants should they go down that road. Yeah. And
3: just to build off that a little bit, we saw that last year with the Jaguars double dipping with, uh, oh, wow, completely slipped my mind. Trevor Lawrence. Yep. <laughs> got that. That's one I absolutely should know. <laughs> and then getting uh, Travis Etienne is running back yep. from Clemson. Uh, the Dolphins got Jalen Waddle for Tua Viloa. The Eagles got Devonta Smith for Jalen Hurts. You know the guys that they are, they already have a rapport right. with. It's just to kind of further short circuit that rookie learning curve. Like, okay, we're getting you a weapon. He's a guy you already know. You you two already know what you're going to do. You can already communicate. You speak the same language. Yep. Now we don't have to wait that extra year or spend that practice time getting you on the same page with with your new guy so i could absolutely see the c teams or at least smart teams going with their the bringing in third party quarterback coaches so they can work with these young quarterbacks kind of
2: skirt the cba right. as, so to speak right and think about it this way like like, look at the situation the giants are in where we're sitting here right now it's december of 2021 and it's like well what happens would you have to reset the quarterback clock again like you can see how either getting the selection wrong the evaluation wrong, or the development wrong, however it comes to fruition getting the rookie quarterback selection wrong sets you back three years i mean Sometimes four years. I mean, and look at Cleveland. like They're going to be working through that decision this offseason as well, and that's going to be interesting to watch, although I'm not dipping my toes in the Baker Mayfield waters again. That was a that was a brutal week on the bird app when I dipped my toes in earlier this oh, season. Yeah. That, that was not fun. Um, But, yeah, so you want to do everything you can to make sure you increase the odds that you get it right. And we used to think, all right, well, it, it's scheme, right? You You draft a quarterback that runs – just, you know, whatever offense, the the outside zone, wide zone, McVay, Shanahan, tree, you want to get a uh, offensive coordinator that's going to call that stuff. You want to build that sort of system around them. That's what the Jets tried to do with hiring LaFleur, you know, the other LaFleur brother, because you saw at BYU his last year there, that's kind of what BYU did with Zach Wilson. You saw the success and how he sort of worked in that system and made that system work around him for him. You try to build that offense around them. And so we thought it was just skiing, but maybe the next piece to that is okay, let's go beyond just calling plays. Let's talk about who's coaching them when we're not around and then get that person sort of on our staff, so to speak.
0: Yeah.
3: So uh, I think the other kind of way to uh, maybe the third way for the Giants instead of maybe trying to reset the clock or yeah, giving Daniel Jones one more year, or eight more games, whatever, just because you don't really have another choice is say you get a general manager who is able to sell ownership on a vision of an actual rebuild. The thing the giants probably should have done in 2018, where like you said, they blow it all up, trade Daniel Jones away. He becomes a Texan or a Steeler or whatever. What about 2023? If you get just – maybe you roll with Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm, Brian Lewerke, whatever. Maybe one of them develops into a backup. Uh, Kyle Allen, I think Mike White might be a free agent this after this year. Yeah, you know, What about Bryce Young? Is he worth – Waiting that extra year, because the other thing we've talked a lot about is, you know, the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, but maybe they should have waited for Justin Herbert. Right. And yeah, you don't know what's going to happen in a year. You might have to, you don't know that you're going to have a top five pick next year. Yeah. Everything might come together and they might be able to win in spite of their quarterback position. But would Bryce Young be worth rolling the dice for and maybe, actually spending that draft capital to go up and go get like the like the Chiefs went up and got Pat Mahomes or the Eagles went up and got Carson Wentz. Yeah, you know, the two things didn't exactly work out the same, but is is Bryce Young or another 2023 quarterback worth being
2: aggressive for? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, Chris, because like you never know what it's gonna look like. And interestingly enough, sitting here right now, there's a scenario where the 2023 quarterback board at the top looks a lot like we thought it was going to look like this year, right? It's not clear what Howell is going to do. You know, he he participated sort of in, in senior day activities at UNC. He is going to graduate this month. And so there's a scenario where Howell says, yeah, you know what? I'm going to roll my dice, even though I was supposed to be a top five guy. Now I've really slid down boards, at least as far as the media goes. I'm, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for this draft. I'm going to get a senior bowl invite and, you know, try to make the most of it. Or maybe he goes back for one more year at UNC. And then you've got the Spencer Rattler situation where has he decided where he's transferred yet? I know I saw Arizona state where, cause he's from the Arizona area. Maybe he goes back there. Maybe he sort of catches fire next year. He w- wins that job. And we're looking at Spencer How- Rattler and Sam Howell again. Now interested with Howell's perspective, I think he actually played well this season. I, I think what happened was people looked at that Virginia Tech game. He threw three picks out of the game. People were like, "All right, look, I'm out." Uh, like we've got Matt Corral to talk about. Kenny yeah. Pickett's lighting things up. Malik Willis is, has a, a cannon. So does Carson Strong. And then people sort of backed away from Howell. But I was kind of impressed with some of the stuff that he did this year, particularly as an athlete, particularly as a runner. I mean, ran for over 800 yards. He was their second lead rusher this year. You know, I, I think he he showed some pocket management that I didn't see from him his, his sophomore year. And so, you know, maybe Howell comes up, but maybe he doesn't. But as far as Bryce Young, mm-hmm. I just got done studying his entire season today. Very impressive, extremely impressive. Um, and similar to Bill Belichick, when, when Nick Saban gives praise for first-year starters, for underclassmen, you pay attention. Okay. And when he's talking about Bryce Young's set-in protections at the line of scrimmage, the poise he's played with, he had his first SEC start on the road at Florida. He could barely hear, but he's still adjusting stuff with the line. He's making checks. He's getting them in and out, bad calls, pre Now That's pretty impressive to hear. Now, size is going to be an issue. I mean, he's listed at 5'11", I think. Um, but uh, we've seen sub six-foot quarterbacks have success. And so, you know, I, I don't think that that's going to be a that will hold him out of the first round. And so, I think from a talent perspective, yeah. I mean, from a talent perspective, if you could envision, if you could game out a scenario where you're at the top of the draft board in 2023 and you could get Bryce Brown, absolutely. That's a thin needle. That's a small needle to thread there. I mean, it really is. Um, and we don't know what it's going to look like. You know, there's some other names like Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest kid. He's been intriguing. I, I, I would expect he would go back because he's kind of fallen apart a little bit. Down the stretch, Phil Jakovic from BC, who I really liked prior to this year. He had the wrist injury and you know really sort of struggled coming back from that. I was watching some of his tape last week from when he came back from the injury. He was just missing some stuff badly, but he could also be in the mix. So, you know, there's a world in which this next draft class in 2023 feels and comes together a little bit stronger and nicer than this one. So, yeah, you know, maybe, Chris, you decide we'll address other stuff will roll into 2022 with a, a trio of Lewerke, Glennon, and Jake Fromm. will have traded away Daniel Jones, acquired some more draft capital, and then make a run to the top of the board, no matter where you're starting from, to try to get the best of that group. Yeah. I. That, to me, is... If you're
3: going to swing for the, for the fences, that's kind of the swing I would take, just because the Giants... Tr- their cap situation right now is terrible
2: yeah i mean you're gonna like for all of the rogers wilson watson stuff you're gonna have to move heaven and earth to make something like that doable and then are you in a situation where one of those players was playing with a roster that like the one that watson played with for houston last year where it's like yeah you've got the quarterback but look around the rest of the room yeah. And is is that the scenario where you want to be in and so maybe the tear down rebuild is the advisable approach. So I uh
1: I think that's good note to wrap us up on because we covered a lot here on today's show. So mark much <laughs> I very tend much to appreciate get going,
2: guys when we talk about quarterbacks I what we wanted. Yeah, that's what we love wanted.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's what we wanted. Love um yeah, no, we got to take all these angles. So, Mark, thank you so much for, for hopping on to talk with us because we, we were able to hit on all these different angles for agency NFL draft. So thank you, as always. Follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Uh, and catch any of his content on BBV, or you can find the rest of his content on his social media. Uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button, folks, and leave a five-star review.